Welcome to Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 177 is entitled Faith in Action. Like the creation of the earth, faith also has two creative periods, a spiritual creation and a temporal creation. The substance of things hoped for occurs in the spiritual creation. The evidence of things not seen occurs in the temporal creation. Using Paul's definition of faith, the spiritual creation is linked to the temporal creation with a common coupler, hope. As with God, so with us, everything should first begin spiritually and then be carried out temporally. The spiritual deals with the purpose, the principles, the plan, the model, the organization of laws, the gathering of materials, the preparation the first step into the shadows of uncertainty. With complete preparation comes hope that the mission can be accomplished. The temporal deals with courage, labor, action, and endurance. Faith gives power and inspires action. Fear parts like a curtain of darkness before the firm walk of faith as darkness gives way to light. Faith is a step into the darkness. Hope is a step into the light. From faith springs hope, and from hope springs action. I had a unique experience that has stuck firmly in my mind. I was in Wittenberg, Germany. Wittenberg has two great claims to fame. One, it is the home of the legendary Dr. Faustus, who sold his soul to the devil for fame and glory. His story was made famous by the German writer Johann Wolfgang von Goethe and the English writer Christopher Marlowe. But I suppose Wittenberg is most famous for his favorite son, Martin Luther, who is credited for starting the Protestant Reformation by attacking the 95 Theses, attacking the Catholic Church to the church door in 1517. As I was walking on the cobblestone streets of Wittenberg from Martin Luther's apartment to the castle church, a strong feeling came over me that I was walking too slowly. I felt that great man's spirit pushing me forward. I quickened my step. Luther's faith did not begin with writing the 95 Theses. That was an exercise of a highly trained intellect with inspired conviction. Luther's faith began with the first step down the cobblestone street toward Castle Church and increased with each swift step. Hope sprang to light when the Castle Church first came into view. I am speaking of the strong emotional feeling that came over me as I followed his footsteps. Faith is a journey from the evidence of things not seen to the substance of things hoped for. Notice that hope is the link between desire and fulfillment. Faith inspires action. Hope connects faith to realization of achievement. Faith begins when you think you can do something. Hope begins when you believe you can do it. Faith carries you through the darkness of uncertainty. Hope carries you through the stages of certainty. In a way, perhaps, faith forms our first step, and hope quickens the pace. First, we have the passion, the vision or dream or desire. Next, to the definitive degree, we create a plan to carry out the desire. We form the principles of organization. We contemplate the opposition. We acquire the tools, forces, materials, expertise, education, architectural drawings, etc. necessary to carry out the dream. Next, we organize a complete set of laws that will see the project through. Finally, using the materials collected, we build the dream. If any stage is left out, the dream will generally fail and our faith with it. Martin Luther could have written the 95 Theses, but what if he hadn't tacked them to the church door? 
That brief mile walk of Luther over cobblestone streets circled the globe and changed the world. Some of us are too tempted to think that the evidence of things not seen is the only stage of faith. If faith does not turn to hope, then success is seldom achieved. Like the power of gravity, the power of faith increases with use. Even as gravity grows in strength as objects increase in size and weight, so does faith grow as it faces increasing opposition. Faith, like gravity, will grow to match all opposition. Faith is not subject to entropy. It cannot die, but it can be abandoned. Because faith increases with use, it is greater than all opposition. Only neglect and disuse decrease faith. The best machines unused will rush shut if allowed to lie fallow in the field. An idle tractor will soon be overtaken by the vines and weeds it once plowed under. William Shakespeare has Hamlet while pondering man address the issue. What is a man if his chief good and market of his time be but to sleep and feed? A beast no more. Sure, he that made us with such large discourse, looking before and after, gave us not that capability and godlike reason to fust in us unused. To fust means to decay. It refers to the mole that grows on things unused. In terms of the image of the tractor above, fust could mean rust because of disuse. In other words, Shakespeare is saying that we will lose the gifts God has given us to reason if we don't use them. Nothing can stand against the power of fresh faith. Even a child through faith can perform Herculean tasks. That is what the pragmatic James meant when he said, What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. James 2.14-18 Too often we take a very narrow view of faith. We think of faith as some abstraction, some nebulous belief in an invisible and arbitrary God. We too often assume that God will give us anything we ask regardless of any effort on our part. We ask God for something that is often a half-baked idea, and then we haltingly wait for the results. That is a formula for failure. Many prayers seem to go unanswered because we do not understand the ways of God. God does not work at Amazon filling orders. God is our Father, our Teacher, our Mentor. If we ask for something, He will direct us, but He will not pamper us. Listen to the words of Solomon. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Proverbs 3, 5-6 There is a difference between having your paths directed and your wishes granted. If you want a genie, get a lamp, and much good it will do you. If you want God to help you, be prepared to follow his instructions. The purpose of earth is to help us to become like God, not to be waited on by Him. God directs our efforts and sustains us through our faith. He does not do our bidding. True faith follows the law of creation fully. All creations have a temporal and spiritual component. Both must be complete. God cannot reinforce error. 
All prayers are heard, and surely what is important to us is also important to God. But some prayers go unheeded for fear the accommodation will lead us down false paths. Many of us pray in panic. But when thunder is heard, lightning is already struck. Yet we admire the lightning and run from the thunder. It is certainly true that an unexpected crisis often gives birth to panicked prayer, and a merciful God hears all prayers. Regardless of the tumultuous conditions of a world in commotion, what is important to us, even the small things, is important to God. There are too many witnesses to instant miracles to deny the fact that God is always aware of our circumstances. Christ informed us that God knows what we need even before we ask. Who can bind the hands of God? Still, he requires that we ask, and moreover, where possible, he requires that we act. It would be a rare person who has had every prayer answered instantly, and without ambiguity, and without some form of work. It takes faith to pray, faith to wait, faith to work, faith to brook disappointment, and faith to recognize the answer after we have done all we can do. It also takes faith to be turned down, and faith to fail. God will not destroy self-reliance. His gifts are wrapped in wisdom, not fancy paper and pretty bows. We should never forget that God is governed by law and that God governs by using law. Even answers to prayer are governed by law. The best and perhaps the only way to get answers to prayers is by obedience to law. Our prayers are often not answered because we do not do our part. James also informs us, Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? James 2.19-20 We may forget the principles of the law of creation, faith, free will, the perfection of virtues, joy. But God doesn't. He will respond to every prayer and consider every desire. But he will not respond to our every whim and our every want and make spiritual and temporal invalids of us all. In our weakness, we often forget our royal lineage. Forgetting who we are, we busy ourselves with trivial things. God, who never forgets who we are, busies himself with building kings and queens. Remember the words of David. I have said ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. Psalms 82, 6. God is the perfect parent and will not do for us that which we can do for ourselves. Often we ask God to give us a plastic shovel and a pail for soft beach sand, but God gives us a pickaxe and wheelbarrow for high mountain granite. There will never be a point in this life in which we do not have to live by faith. Too often we forget Christ. Christ is the embodiment of perfect faith. He was the only complete man to walk this earth. Christ came to earth to save the world. Every prayer of Christ to his Father and our Father, to his God and our God, was heard and answered. But still, Christ had to be tempted in the wilderness, suffer in Gethsemane, and be lifted up upon the cross. And in perhaps his most touching prayer when he said, If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. The Father's will was done and Christ was required to suffer for the sins of the world in order to satisfy justice. The cup was not removed, and often the cup will not be removed from us. Faith in Christ is the gateway to perfection. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, 
and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hebrews 12.2 Faith is greater than the sum total of all temporal laws, and all laws bow to faith. That does not mean that temporal law is not essential, but it is a bottom step to immortality and not the top rung. One cannot find faith by looking through a microscope or a telescope. One cannot find faith in traveling to the stars. It is possible for one to study every star in our galaxy and never be closer to God. Whereas one, kneeling humbly in his closet, will have God always by his side. Only those who see the invisible hand of God in mortality will see the face of God throughout all eternity. One can only find faith by exercising faith, by falling to one's knees and pleading with God, by obedience to spiritual law, by asking God to step with you into uncertainty, and by putting to the test the words of the prophets. All other avenues will fail to create faith. Science does not increase faith. Not even miracles, angels, visitations, visions, dreams, or manifestations. Not even visits from the dead will increase faith one part of one quintillion. All things of this earth could be explained through science if science were complete. However, even in our age of space travel and computers, the inexplicable never goes away. There are questions that science cannot answer because science refuses to acknowledge the supernatural. We still have the problem of first cause. We have the problem of intelligent design. We have the presence of death, miracles, prophecies, faith, scriptures, supernatural experiences, feelings, spiritual desires, hope, will, reason, and ubiquitous coincidence. Temporal truth must be connected to spiritual truth or they will forever run in parallel courses and never meet. Those who climb the ladder of temporal truth will reach the end of the cosmos and see nothing. Those who climb Jacob's ladder of spiritual truth will see the Christ at the topmost rung, one hand reaching down, the other pointing into the endless eternities. Facts, not faith, can be found in science books. Faith does not exist in university classrooms or in theories or Nobel Prizes or esoteric conferences of star-studded astronomers, physicists, biologists, or theoretical dreamers. Faith is found in the heart through revelation by the Holy Ghost. Faith can elude the greatest genius and settle into the heart of the smallest child. Science helps us to find out how God works, not how to find God. If we do not find God in our heart, we will not find him in a distant galaxy or in a fundamental constant. We will just find more science. The first Russian cosmonaut, while in space, announced to the world that he did not see God. The reason he did not see God in empty space is because he did not carry God with him in his empty heart. If he had flown to the end of the cosmos, he would have had the same empty experience. Everywhere one looks in space, one will find more science, but science piled on science, even if it reaches the rim of the cosmos, will not perform one miracle. The wise person will first find faith in his heart, and then, no matter where he travels, he will see God. Facts confirm prejudice and solidify pride. Faith comes softly on a cat's paw, settles quietly, and changes one's heart. Facts like noisy conferences. Faith like solitude. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast. In Defense of Christianity is available at RonaldMesser.com.